welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. We are moving forward. Whatever it takes, by the grace of God, we are moving forward. And I know, you know, as you probably know better, that this season has been tough and there have been days of crying, but may there be greater days of joy, just like when Jesus hung on the cross for the joy set before him. There is joy set before us that is propelling us as a church body, that is propelling us as families, that's propelling us as family or as as households to go forward. And that's one of the words this season to the body of Christ. Go forward. That was a word from God to Moses. He said, why are you crying to me? This was God to Moses. Why are you crying to me? He said, tell the children of Israel to go forward. Okay? I didn't say that in the first service, so that's just a word for you guys tonight. Go forward. If you have a Bible tonight, just open it up to Matthew 5. Who's got their Bibles here? Just wave it in the air. Pastor Jake's really been, like, getting on everyone. It was so great. Some young adult girls showed up at the office the other day, and then they were, I'm like, where are you going? They're like, we're going to the house of James to get Bibles right now. So it's so good just to see that. And if you don't have a Bible, there is no guilt and condemnation in this house, and I hope not in your house ever because we don't receive that. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Maybe you have a device, whatever you have or share, it is okay. And I'm going to read you the scriptures tonight anyway, but I want to read you the lyrics of a song. I read this in the first... Uh, Service and I'd posted on my Facebook the other day. It's from one of my favorite worship leaders. Um, his name is Godfrey Bertel. He's a worship leader in the UK. He's super crazy and he's super weird and I super love him. And and uh, he's just wild and he's free. But this song is called Outrageous Grace and and I had just wrote in here on Facebook. I said it's a season to declare grace and mercy to the ones in the atmosphere around us. It's amazing how things change when what we focus on and talk about changes. In a season when the enemy is trying to uproot and divide and conquer, let our words ever speak of the grace, the mercy, and the goodness of God. Amen? So here's the lyrics of his song. He said, there's a lot of pain, but a lot more healing. There's a lot of trouble, but a lot more peace, church. There's a lot of hate, but a lot more loving. There's a lot of sin, but there's a lot more grace. Oh, outrageous grace. Oh, outrageous grace. Love unfurled by heaven's hand. Oh, outrageous grace. Oh, outrageous grace. Through my Jesus, I can stand. Then he said here in verse 2, there's a lot of fear, but a lot more freedom. There's a lot of darkness, but a lot more light. There's a lot of cloud, but there's a lot more vision. There's a lot of perishing, but a lot more life. Come on, amen? This is the word of God in this song. And then he said in the bridge, there's an enemy that seeks to kill what it can't destroy. It twists and it turns, making mountains out of molehills, but I will call on my Lord, who is worthy of praise. I run to him and I am saved. Oh, outrageous grace, oh, outrageous grace, love unfurled by heaven's hand, Oh, outrageous grace. Oh, outrageous grace. Through Jesus Christ's church, we're going to stand. Look at your neighbor. Say, we're going to stand. And we're going to stand strong, not in our own strength, but we are standing strong in the grace of God. And that's part of what this series is that Pastor Jake has been leading us in so well. And his dad again last Sunday preaching such a great message. If you didn't hear it online, if you didn't hear the young adults preach last 
Saturday night and this segment at 7.30, they brought the house down as they just shared about relationships and forgiveness and as they continued our series on Like Jesus. Guys, this is a house of preachers, you know, and we just want to keep raising people up and keep giving people room so that people know there is room for you to grow and you don't have to be a televangelist or a professional preacher, whatever that is. I don't even know what a professional preacher is, but that you have value to share what you need to share and it's not just about sharing in here that God's called all of us wherever we're at to share the good news people need good news they need good news people need hope right now and it's incumbent upon us you know and and depending on where you're at in life and depending on what your real what your season really looks like we gotta spend more time with Jesus and then some so that we're getting the good news of Jesus Christ in our heart that we don't just have enough just to survive in our own lives but that we are alive and we are fresh and we are flourishing to help give a greater hope away to everybody around us amen okay so Matthew 5 43 I'm gonna read out of the English Standard tonight if that is okay with you Matthew 5.43 says, I'm going to try to go through this as fast as I can. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. He says it with an exclamation mark. This is Jesus. Pray. Say pray. Pray. Say pray. Pray. For those who persecute you. You know, and I, and I love this scripture because Jesus is saying, I don't want you to just love your neighbor. And some of us are still working on loving our neighbor. Right? We are, and that is okay. Again, there's no condemnation, but Jesus is like, I'm going to take it up a notch. I don't want you to just love your neighbor. I want you to love your enemies, and I want you to pray for those who persecute you. Church, we're taking it up a notch. Look at your neighbor. Say, we're taking it up a notch. Going to another level. God, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you for times like this tonight when we can just gather in the name of Jesus and even in spaces where it might not look so fanciful. God, our hearts burn within us because we know that you are here. We know that you are alive, even in the muddiness and the mire of this season. God, we are seeing your goodness. God, we thank you that you are alive and you are moving in our lives, in our hearts, in our homes, in our families, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you came, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. We thank you for your word, that we receive your word, Lord, and we hear what you want us to hear tonight so that we are changed once again in Jesus name and we all said amen Amen. and I just want to read you something here before I get into the word and I wrote this on social media I've been I've been carrying a lot of things in my heart this season and and I'll try to preach just tonight as happy as I can but it's not really one of those like hey like messages so I'll try I should have probably just brought balloons for props and or maybe (laughs) handed out balloons as I was handing it out (laughs) but anyway I believe that it is a good and timely message, but I wrote this on social media the other day, and I said, our enemy isn't people. It's not the ones around us. Our enemy is not our friends. It's not our family. Our enemy is the enemy who comes to steal, he comes to, to kill, and he comes to destroy. He comes to try to separate, he tries to come to divide, and he tries to come to conquer. Church, don't take the bait of Satan this season. Don't allow your heart to fall prey to his traps. Guard your heart, guard your home, guard your families, guard your children and your relationships. 
There's an assignment from the enemy this season to separate God-ordained relationships and connections to try and stop the kingdom of God from advancing forward. But just as equally as the enemy's trying to do that, there is a revival of hearts, there is a revival of love. What we're seeing right now is a clashing of kingdoms of good and of evil. So beware, church, and keep your love on. Say, keep your love on. We need to walk in heaps of love this season. We need to walk in heaps of grace. We need to walk in heaps of mercy. We need to walk in heaps of forgiveness just as Jesus Christ forgave us. We need to have a revelation of how much Jesus Christ forgave us. So when we're having trouble forgiving people, we better remember all the grace and the mercy that God has given to each and every one of us every single day. I am so aware Like even as that song was talking about how in Jesus Christ we stand, how aware and and, and how many, how aware I've been unaware of how held I've been in the mercy of God, if that made any sense to you at all. I'm having a greater awareness in my life of the things that the Lord has protected me from, the things that the Lord has protected us from, has protected Uh, our children from, and I thank God for it. And with that same mercy and that same grace that I am becoming even greater aware, and I pray even more, it's so humbling, may I pour out that same grace and mercy to the world around us. This is what love does, church, and this is what love is, like Jesus. I believe one of the calls of our church body this season is to prayer, and you might just say, thanks for coming out, Jen, it's always been prayer. But I believe even a stronger way in a greater way is to prayer. We have the prayer walk coming up. We heard about that. We have the fast coming up. We heard about that. And I would encourage each of you to get involved and sign up. Prayer is what's going to continue to change our city. Prayer is going to continue uh, It's going to continue to change our homes, our families, our relationships. You might have been going through a lot of stuff this season, but I want to encourage you tonight and say weeping lasts for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Church, weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So when you're walking through the mud, keep walking and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, on that joy. One of the, and I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about how mercy triumphs over judgment. I've been seeing a lens of judgment over our city. And maybe it's rooted in that spirit of religion. I've been praying about this a lot. Like, what is that, God? What is that? Why are people so upset? Why are people, not just in this season, I grew up in Abbotsford as a young child, so it's not like my first time on the farm here, okay? But like, what is that? What is that, Lord? You've just been showing me about this judgment. It can get into our, into our lives, and it can get into our hearts when we're not even aware of it. It just creeps in a little bit more and a little bit more. But I wrote here, I believe we've got to begin to ask God to see people uh, with a greater redemption again. Yeah. This comes, and this is only going to come through praying for others. Not just praying for the ones that it's easy, our neighbors, but praying for, for the ones where it's difficult to pray for. I believe there's been a lens of judgment, perhaps, in some of our lives that we need to ask the Lord to forgive us for so, and ask him for the lens of mercy. And I think if we were all humble enough tonight, we would all need to ask the Lord for a greater lens of mercy to see people like Jesus does. And we're going to open that up in a little bit. But Matthew 5, 43, we're going to go through it really quickly here. Jesus speaking, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Okay, and now remember, he's saying this with an exclamation mark, so he's not kind of like 
just think it'd be great if you just like love your enemy. He's saying, no, Josiah, I want you to love your enemies. I want you to love the ones who have hurt you. I want you to love the ones who have wronged you. He's saying, pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. Doesn't seem fair, does it? He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, church, what reward is that for all of us? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If we are kind only to our friends, how different are we than anybody else? And he says, even the pagans do that, but you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And this isn't like a perfection, like you struggle with perfection, okay? This is about a maturity, coming into a greater maturity with Jesus Christ. And in this season, like this, this, with this series, pardon me, there's been such a progression, hey, for those of you who've been hearing this from the beginning, there's been such a progression, line upon line and precept upon precept. We didn't even realize there'd be this much maybe to talk about, but we just keep going. We just keep going, and there's just, and God's like, I want you to learn a little bit more about love. I want you to learn a little bit more about relationships. I want you to learn a little bit more about forgiveness because we believe one of the legacies of this house we believe that there is a grace on this house to love and if there's a grace on this house to love then we're going to have to come into a greater understanding of the love of Jesus Christ which means church we're going to have to move through some of the pain that we don't want to move through when we've been talking about this stuff like long suffering we're going to have to learn how to better suffer long and we're going to have to you know learn how to suffer well that love doesn't put people on a time clock. We've been hearing about that. So the three points in this scripture here is we love. If you're taking notes, we love. Say we love. love. We pray. Say we pray. We, pray. we become perfected. Church, I believe we're becoming more like Jesus. I pray, I pray that my family is more like Jesus today than they were yesterday. I pray that Sydney and Josiah become more like Jesus tomorrow than they were today. But it's incumbent upon Jake and I to lead them in that way, that we make the choice to become more like Jesus today so that our children desire that and live that in their lives. We love, and we've been hearing a lot about love. And, we, and you, you know this well, you could just preach this probably better than me tonight because we've been hearing it, we've been hearing it, we've been hearing it. But love, this is, an, this is an agape love, okay? We know that it's agape. It's a sacrificial love, or as my husband likes to call it, a heavenly love. He likes that. Just say that, heavenly love. Heavenly love. Heaven, yeah. We sacrifice. We're called to lay down our lives for others, even when we don't want to, especially when we don't want to. We forgive. We're called to prefer others before ourselves. We're called, church, to walk the extra mile when we don't want to. And then when we walk that mile, we're called to walk another mile. This is not an earthly love. This is a heavenly love. And we know John 3.16 so well. And young people, if you haven't memorized this, I would encourage you to memorize it. It's a foundational uh, verse for, for everybody's life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We can all say it together. But whosoever shall believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The greatest uh, testimony of love was God sending his only son. And then, then the son did what the father did. 
The Son laid down his life for all of us, and we are all sitting here tonight in this beautiful building, and it is beautiful. We get to, I just think any building's beautiful right now. It's all beautiful. <laughs> you know what's beautiful? Is that understanding that church is not, a or is not a building, church is not a place. We are the church, and God is calling the church to arise and to shine in this season. Yeah. Sydney's eyes are getting bigger and bigger. She's like... <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll bring it down a little bit. You know, my rocket blasters start going off. It's good. There's resurrection life that comes from this kind of love, and we've been talking about this. So we love. Say we love. love. Second point, we pray. And this is, the, this is the part where I believe that our church is calling us into greater understanding. Who do we pray for? Who are we called to pray for? everybody but in this case in this passage he's saying love your neighbor and i can only assume he's also saying pray for your neighbor because you know if you're praying for someone i hope it's because you love them and not because you just feel like you have to but in this case we need to pray for our enemies and that's a big point of tonight the people that you felt that wronged you the people who have hurt you the people who have betrayed you the people who have lied about you the people who have gossiped about you the people who did you wrong and then did you wrong and they did you wrong jesus is saying i want you to bless them i want you we've been talking about forgiveness i want you to forgive them and then i want you to bless them i don't want you to just yeah patty's just giving me the cringy face i totally get it but i want you to bless them that's what jesus is saying to us i want you to bless those people and not out of a haughty heart like i'm just going to heap coals on your head jake and you know like god bless jake no it's out of a heart of humility and just saying Jesus, I just thank you because of my understanding that you gave everything for me and you continually to give everything for me and you continually, con you continually, continually pour out your mercy and grace in, in my family's life. I'm going to bless these people yeah. out of that mercy and that grace that, you, that you've given us. I want to bless those people and it will crush you. It needs to crush us. Yeah. If, if we're not praying to the point on some days where it's crushing you, we're probably, probably backing away from some stuff too much when we're ignoring that voice of the Holy Spirit saying, I want you to move a little bit closer to those yeah. relationships. I don't want to move a little closer to those relationships because it hurts when I get a little bit closer. But you know that you know. I'm not saying you got to get closer to every relationship. This is not a message of toxicity. Mm -hmm. This is a message of inclining your ear to the Spirit of God. So when God's saying, I want you to pray for that person that's hurt you, I want to pray for that person because there's a blockage in your heart, and I want to rid your heart of that blockage so that there can be life in that relationship, so that there can be greater wholeness in your heart, so that there can be healing in your body because that blockage and that thing in your life yeah. has caused stress in your life and I want to get rid of that stress so that you don't come into disease in your life mm -hmm. God's saying I want you to come closer to that relationship and I want you to bless them yeah. so that word pray is from the Greek word 4336 is prosukomai it's a prayer that, that turns our wishes to become what God's wishes it's a prayer of divine exchange it exchanges our heart for the heart of God, our minds for the mind of God. It's a prayer of total and absolute transformation of our heart that is a working that can only happen by the Spirit of God. When God is calling you to pray for those people that have wronged you, know that something greater is happening. You couldn't make it happen if you tried. 
And some of us, you know, we, we just need to embrace that when God's calling you to embrace it and not be afraid of it. So many of us, have, we're, we're afraid of the pain. We're afraid of the long suffering. We're afraid of, afraid of the hardship. We're afraid of the, the rejection. I don't want to write that person again because they're going to reject you. And God's saying, it's not about you, but if I'm calling you to pray for them, it's because I'm trying to bring a greater hope. I'm trying to bring a greater health. I'm trying to bring a greater uh, life into, into your life and into their life. He's calling us to pray for those who have hurt us. Now, I want to define enemies in here because an enemy isn't what we think it is, I think. I think that we've used that word enemy way too loosely. We've called people enemies that we shouldn't call enemies because we've misunderstood the word. And because we've done that, we've actually stopped. Um, we have kept people out of our life, maybe, that God wanted in our life, and vice versa. An enemy, contextually, in this verse, is talking about where someone who you have an irreconcilable difference with. You have done all that you could. You've done everything that you can think of. You've done what the Lord told you to do. And if that's you tonight and you have that person in your life, you know what you do? You do everything that you can do. You pray, you bless them, and you leave it at the feet of Jesus. You leave it, Autumn. You just leave it at the feet of Jesus. And so many times I think we're fixers. Who's a fixer in the house? I'm a fixer. Yeah, Ruth's like, fixer. I'm a fixer. Love doesn't put people on a time clock. So when you've done... Maybe this is a word for someone. When you've done everything that you can, cast it, because it's become a burden. Cast it at the feet of Jesus. The Bible says, cast all your cares. Some of the cares that you've been carrying in your life have been people, and God's saying, just cast them to me. Lay them at my feet, and in my timing, I'm going to work. And I said this in the first service. Some of us have to be okay with maybe not seeing our prayers answered this side of heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you are looking at me like, that's the first time you've ever heard that in your life. You know, because we want to see the fruit of it now, right? We want the relationships to be made right now, especially if you're a fixer. I don't, I just want to feel better. So like, can we just, like, we're good, right? We're good? Yeah, but love doesn't put people on a time clock. We have to be careful that we are not in our own strength forcing people to make things right when they're not ready or perhaps maybe they don't have the revelation trying to pull the then into the now. We have to lay it at the feet of Jesus. And like the song said, watch what Jesus will do. we got to let God do things in his timing. But while God is doing things in his timing, he is moving. This season, we have to walk uh, by faith and not by sight, not being like, well, it's not working. It's not working. You know what? When we lay things at the feet of Jesus, it's always working. It's always working. I was talking about Anna the prophetess in the first service. If any, you guys know that story. For the rest of her life, all she did after her husband, she just gave alms in the temple. That's all she did. What if that was all we did was we prayed and, and you know, we wanted to see more of the fruit of the prayers in our life in this lifetime? But, you know, but after we went to, you know, maybe some of the stuff she was praying in the temple, she didn't get to see the fullness of the prayers she prayed. But love isn't worried about what it sees. Love is just worried about what it's doing. Love is just worried about doing the right, not, I want to say worried, but love is always going to be concerned with doing the right thing. We love, we pray, and when we love church and we pray, guess what's happening? We're becoming more like Jesus. 
To become perfected is from the Greek word huios. It's H-I or H-U-I-O-S. It's one of my favorite words in the Bible. It's to become mature, the consummated goal from passing through the necessary stages to reach the end goal by going through the necessary, say necessary, necessary. love that word, process and, and spiritual journey. It's a completed process. It's a finished process that describes the developing stages of sanctification of our hearts, okay? Spiritual formation by God's grace, it also includes going through the needed stages of development to reach the end goal. Necessary processes and needed stages of development. It's both necessary and needed to love and to pray, church. Yeah. Say it's necessary. It's necessary. And it's needed. it's needed. Sydney just like, I don't know, when was it, Monday? You've been praying for something for three years, a relationship, and Sydney just had a full answer to prayer. She'd been praying for three years for this. But it was a necessary, pro I'm sorry, I'm putting you on the spot, but it was a necessary and needed process. I'm not saying God caused that to happen, but what I'm saying is, is that God, God used that for you to rely and to lean on him and to leave that relationship at the feet of Jesus to watch what he can do. Move in your life and move in your friend's life. See, when we lay things at the feet of Jesus, we see greater life in our life, and we're going to see we're going to see greater life in their life. And they're not even going to know that we were praying about it. We don't get the glory; God gets the glory. We can't live lives wanting the glory. Well, you know, well, yeah, that happened because I was praying for you. That was happening because I did that. No, 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 no. We humbly lay things at the feet of Jesus because that's what love does. Some last thoughts here is loving others is, is you at your truest identity in Christ. It's you functioning at your best. Anytime we are living a life less than love, we are not living out our God-created identity. People lose an opportunity to see Jesus, church, when we live void in these moments of the love and power of God in our life. That's big. It just, you know, when it just, it causes me to maybe think before I act, you know? We, we need people to see Jesus, so we need to be coming more like Jesus. I believe we've lost, some of us have lost the understanding and value of the power of prayer in our lives, for praying for others, for understanding of praying for our enemies, and some of us have never had this revelation, and that's okay. We're all at different stages in our life. We're all at different stages of our spiritual formation, but God is speaking to many people tonight about praying for our enemies, praying for the people who have wronged us to watch what he will do. The biggest thing it's going to do is going to change your own heart. It's going to change your own heart, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna start moving towards things quicker when God's telling you to move towards things quicker and get over that hump that you don't want to get over that hump. You know that hump of like, oh, I got to do that. I got to lay my life down. Yeah, you got to lay your life down again. Yeah. yeah, you do. But the more that we embrace those holy moments, and they are holy moments when God calls us to love and pray for people when we don't want to, the easier it's going to get because you are going to walk into a new level of understanding because you've seen the fruit and the power of what God does. Not what you do, but what God does. I believe it's a season when God is wanting to teach us much and revive us again in this area of our life. 
and give us greater revelation, but it's going to cost us. It comes with the price. And I want to end with this story here, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's Jesus speaking to Peter. And it wasn't, I don't think it was a spectacular conversation. This was before Jesus was going to, you know, give his life on the cross. Peter was about to deny Jesus Christ three times. And I remember reading this like 20 years ago. Yes, I am that old. But, you know, just, I <laughs> realize this, you know, this season, I'm getting old. Hey, we've been talking, we've been, Jake and I were in the kitchen last week and we we're like both stretching out on the island. I'm like, oh man, we're like old status, <laughs> like stretching in the kitchen. Why are you telling me that? <laughs> But one of my favorite stories in the Bible is just a conversation that Jesus is having with Peter. In Luke twenty-two thirty-two. he said, but I pleaded in prayer for you, Simon Peter, that your faith should not fail so that when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Well, many of you probably know the end of the story. Peter denied Jesus three times. He's like, no, no, I would never do that. Never do that, Jesus. And then what did he do? He denied him. And then what happened? Jesus went to the cross and gave his life. Peter was going to deny Jesus three times, not just once. And Jesus knew it. That's the thing. Jesus knew it. Jesus wasn't concerned about himself. He wasn't concerned about having his feelings hurt or feeling rejected. Uh, forget about the giving his life. Jesus wasn't even thinking about that. Jesus was thinking about Peter. Jesus was thinking about his faith. Jesus was thinking about the early church. Jesus knew that Peter was the rock that the church was going to be built on. The Bible says, upon this rock, I build my church. That was Peter, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Jesus knew what was at stake and on the line. He pleaded in prayer. When is the last time we pleaded in prayer for someone that hurt us? When was the last time that we were more concerned about someone who's hurt us faith? You know, you know uh, I'll pick on you. If you hurt me, Bob, I'll call you Jake. I'll just call you Jake. Do you want to be Bob no, or Jake? Jake? Jake, I'm praying for you that your faith wouldn't fail. And the stuff that you did to me, I'm not going to hold it against you because you have such a hope in your future. You have such a call and you have such a grace on your life. And I know what's at stake for your life and, and you're not even aware. You're walking in ignorance right now and that is okay, but I'm gonna pray for you because I love you. Well, this is intimate. I love you, Jake. I love you so much. I love you so much that I'm gonna forgive you. I'm gonna pray for you and I'm gonna give my life for you. This is the love that Jesus is calling us to walk in church. This is not just an ushy-cushy, I love you, Mike, message. I do love you, Mike, but I know that there's a great destiny and calling upon your life. I know what the enemy intended for evil for you and Kelly, he cannot have, but God's turning, he's turned it around for good. I know there's so much hope in the future, you don't even know what God has planned for you. Many are the plans that you have, but it's the Lord's purpose that's going to prevail for you. 
you have not seen anything yet, and man's hands could not create what heaven holds for you. And like my mom said tonight, only goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you're gonna dwell in the house of the Lord forever in this house, and your children are gonna see you rejoicing, and your children are gonna see you praising, not because of what you did, but because of what God did, because you took a stand, even in the midst of the pain, even in the midst of the hurt, even in the midst of the loneliness, when you felt rejected, you felt hurt, and you felt wrong because you chose to surrender to Jesus. God said, I'm coming with life, I'm coming with health, I'm coming with healing, and I'm turning it around. Because that's what Jesus does. That's what he does when we lay our lives before him. It's what he does. And when we allow that process, that needed process, and those necessary stages of development that many people walk away from because it's just too hard, when we walk closer to those necessary and needed things, when the Spirit of God is saying, I want you to love, I don't want to love, I want you to pray, I don't want to pray, but when we surrender all at the feet of Jesus, resurrection life comes into our life and when we begin to pray for other people resurrection life comes into their life and when we pray for people to get healing healing comes when you see people with the great anointing on their life we're like wow those people that person just really seems to love people it's because they walk to the hump and they've gotten over by loving and praying for people we gotta quit pushing the hard stuff away and just because someone wronged you doesn't mean Jesus doesn't want them in your life. We've been talking about Judas in this thing. He was one of the 12. Jesus loved him. Talking about Peter, Jesus loved him. Talking about us, Jesus loves us. How to bless, we forgive him, and we bless him. We forgive him, we're gonna love him and we're gonna bless him like Jesus did. And we're gonna do it for the glory of God because it's who we are. If you've seen me, I pray at the end of my life that because people saw me, they saw the Father. And I know that's gonna cost me, but it's incumbent upon us to become the children of God that the world would know that he is alive. Stand up. So we're going to pray this prayer together. And I wanted to pray a prayer out of the Bible so we could all pray the same thing. And I was writing, my, I wrote my father-in-law this week, and I said, hey, I said, this is a good prayer to pray over people, right? Like, pray over enemies. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a great prayer to pray. And if you have your Bible with you tonight, just lift it up, or if you have a device, and if you don't, just close your eyes and receive the mumble jumble that you're about to hear, because we're all going to read it aloud in our different translations. It's going to be like the book of Acts when they're all praying in tongues in different languages and everything. We're going to read Philippians 1, 3, 2, 11, and this is the scripture where the Apostle Paul was saying, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. And I want you to close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to think about someone. Think about someone where it might just be a little bit tough to think about them. It might have just been a little bit tough to forgive them right now. And I know it's hard and I know it hurts, but we're gonna practice this because it works. 
So think about that person in this holy moment, and we're going to read this aloud together, okay? Here we go. I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, making my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you with all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more and knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. It's so pure. It's so beautiful. Church, I'm praying for you tonight. It's my prayer that your love would abound more and more with, with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what's excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, that you would be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. We're not in common times. Kind of stated the obvious there, if you haven't noticed. We're in uncommon times. But I do believe that we are in a holy moment as the church, where there's a separating of the wheat from the chaff. And we have to decide if we are going to truly walk as children of God in this season and pay the price. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God, may we love like that. May we understand. May we walk into a greater understanding in this season. May we walk in, in a greater hunger in this season. May we walk in a greater wisdom of this season, Lord Jesus. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called church, the sons and the daughters of God. God, we thank you for these holy moments that we're in. Though they are hard, may we recognize that they are holy. May we become holy as your church, as you are holy. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to end with this song. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.